The two most important days of your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Mark Twain. Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, mamas. I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan. And today, April 13th, 2020, it's my 30th birthday. I don't know why birthdays on the fives and tens feel more important than other birthdays, but they kind of do. Even if I feel like every year on my birthday, I should really call and celebrate my mom. Does anyone else feel that way? Especially after becoming a parent yourself? Anyway, I spent a lot of time coming up to this birthday deciding if we were going to make anything of it on the Smart Money Mamas platform. Would we do an Ask Me Anything where you could ask me silly questions, or would we just let it go by like a normal Monday and keep the milestone kind of quiet? I know we're going to get mamas who reach out and say, you're only 30 years old. And frankly, we decided to let it go past until I woke up one morning, read a book with George, got in the shower and realized that in over three years of Smart Money Mamas, I've never told you why. Why Smart Money Mamas? Why leave my successful job making great money to talk about money? Why is this the thing for me? Sure, if you've been around a while, you've heard some of it. My old career lacked purpose. I wanted more freedom. Postpartum depression knocked me flat and I needed a change. But there is so much more to it than that. I could have left and done anything. I certainly had a lot of ideas. So why Smart Money Mamas? I think it's time you knew. And I think for a lot of you, you'll hear your story and mine. So that's what we're talking about today. Are you ready? I don't know if I am, but I'm channeling my inner Brene Brown here. So let's get a little vulnerable. I don't know about y'all, but I've always really loved quotes. When I see a good quote, it can live in the back of my mind for days. Some can even bring me to tears. Often, I think the ones that shake me the most hit where subconsciously I know I'm not living the life I want to or feel like I should. I was a child and young adult fixated on achievement. If I did the right things and I did them well, people would love me, right? So I hustled. I changed high schools looking for more challenging courses and opportunities. I graduated college with honors in three years with two majors, one thesis away from a third while playing a sport and working as a TA. That should have been impossible. I got a job at Goldman Sachs in New York right out of school. I got married at 23, made VP at a hedge fund, and took over my own investment portfolio at 25, just months before having my first child. I saved over 50% of every dollar I ever made. I donated to charity and I volunteered for nonprofits. I did all the things. And if I wasn't fulfilled, wasn't content, I assumed I was just missing some piece of that perfect puzzle. If I just kept following the plan, things would get better, right? So remember what I said about quotes? Well, when I was 26, a few months after going back to work from maternity leave, I saw a quote that put a knot in my throat and tears in my eyes. It said, the worst kind of failure is success at the wrong thing. And I was broken. Did postpartum depression play a role in how much this rocked me? Probably. But I called my mom, thanks mom, in tears. And she asked me the obvious question. That's powerful. But why do you think it's bothering you so much? I told her, what if I hustled all this time, neglected self-care and joy in relationships for the wrong thing? And she, in her infinite mother wisdom, first reminded me that I was 26. Now was the time to realize that. And asked me, what else would you want to do? I didn't know. And I think that for me, that was scarier than anything else. 
I had always had a plan, a long-term vision of how things were supposed to be, what I was supposed to do, but now I was untethered. In the months that followed, I explored so many options. I wrote out business plans. We explored investments in franchises and local businesses. I almost took on a CEO role at a healthcare startup my friend was founding. With the healthcare idea, I was days away from giving notice at my job. In fact, I even told one of my close colleagues that it was coming. Then, at the last minute, I decided to trust my gut. Some things just felt not right. And healthcare, it had never been something I felt called to. I was running towards a title and another flashy opportunity. So I made the hard call to walk away. After saying no, though, I was more lost than ever. I had to go back to a job I had mentally already given notice at. And so I picked up a hobby. The amazing women in a Facebook moms group had started asking me money questions. I decided to write down the answers. On a snow day in February 2017, home from work, I set up and started Mama Fish Saves, which would ultimately become Smart Money Mamas. Branding the first time around was not really top of mind. For the first 30 days, I wrote a post every single day answering questions from one of my mom friends. I didn't know that blogs made money. I didn't know if my site ever would. I didn't know if this was my passion, my calling, even though I did deeply love teaching others about money. But I threw myself in. Nights and weekends when the kiddo wasn't sleeping, I wrote. I talked to other parents, started to develop my voice. I had limiting beliefs, big ones, that I could write but never be on video, that I could write but never have a podcast because my voice was so terrible, that this would be a hobby and no one would care, that people just didn't want to talk about money. Ten months later, from a hospital bed where Jeremiah and I were waiting to see if George was going to be born eight weeks early, I quit my job. Now let's be clear, my husband is a stay-at-home dad. The blog had grown nicely from a traffic perspective, but it never made a penny. I legally couldn't monetize it until I left my job, and the site was still less than a year old. And I wasn't certain that I could turn what I had into a business. But I knew wholeheartedly that it was time for a change. This is a funny thing about me. Generally, I would describe myself as an anxious person. Risk-averse. A person who likes knowing what comes next. Who has a plan. And yet, like most of us, there are complexities in there. I don't like change, so when I do it, I commit to it in a big way. I string a safety net if I can find one and jump, forcing myself to build a parachute on the way down. I knew our savings rate from the start of my career put us in a good place financially, that our retirement was well-funded, that we had over two years of expenses to figure it all out. And so I quit. I can tell you now, over two years later, that the road has been hard, that walking away from what most would define as success was far more challenging than I expected. Not making money was a way bigger weight on me than I thought it would be. And post-baby, postpartum was already a weight on my shoulders. The combination was scary. And I spent the first several months after leaving my job taking every freelance offer I could find just to bring money in that honestly, we didn't need. We sold our house outside of Boston, something I think Jeremiah and I both regret to this day, because we couldn't identify what needed to be different. So we changed it all, all at once. I do not recommend this method, by the way, just as an FYI. Mostly, we just tried things. It felt a little bit like throwing spaghetti at a wall. That wasn't to say that I didn't love the blog and the blog wasn't working and growing. It was. I launched our first product, the Family Emergency Binder, in late July 2018, and it far exceeded our expectations. Blog traffic was growing. I was building a network of other online creators. I absolutely loved hearing people's stories and successes. 
And yet there was a narrative I kept hearing from all the people that teach you how to build an online business. And that was to tell your story, to share your journey and connect on a personal level with those who follow you. And let me tell you, that spiked my imposter syndrome. I knew that I had more finance, investing, and economics training than most other bloggers out there teaching personal finance. But I didn't feel like I had a money story. I'd never been in debt outside of our mortgage. I had negative relationships with money, particularly tying net worth to self-worth. But on paper, I hadn't struggled. Not really. So if what was important was my story, maybe I was talking about the wrong thing. Because debt freedom, budgeting, I could teach you those things. But it wasn't my journey. What was my journey, my story, my experience to share and inspire others? Exactly what you've heard right here. I wanted to talk to people like me, who had done all the things they were supposed to do, who did their best, who checked the boxes, and everything just felt fine. They looked around and felt like they were supposed to be happy, supposed to be grateful, but just felt stuck wondering, shouldn't there be more? In short, dealing with the top half of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're not familiar, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a motivational theory in psychology. It includes five steps arranged in a pyramid of how human beings are motivated and find fulfillment. The base layer is physiological needs, water, food, shelter, clothing, what we need to physically live. The next step is safety needs, security, health, resources, how we feel stable and secure in our well-being. The third level is love and belonging, finding friendships, a sense of connection, of family. The fourth level is esteem, recognition, freedom, self-esteem, respect, feeling valued as a human being and valuing our own contributions to society. And finally, that last step is self-actualization, the desire to become the best you can be. The first half of this pyramid represents deficiency needs, things that if we don't have them, We can't function. They're paramount to survival. If we don't have food and shelter, if we don't feel secure, if we have no friends or family, we can't function. The second half are growth needs, what we need to feel meaningful, challenged, fulfilled. That was my struggle, finding self-confidence, feeling like I was serving a greater purpose. And I saw it in so many moms around me, women who I heard say, I just thought this would be different. Women who felt intensely guilty for not loving every aspect of motherhood, for not being grateful enough for the blessings they did have, for wanting more. I wanted to talk to those women. And when I brought it up to my fellow blogger friends, several told me I couldn't keep it on the same site. The topics they said felt too different. Money and self-development. I almost agreed. I almost started over. New blog, new mission, new narrative. I started to read more self-help, self-care, passion-centered content. I started to explore how I'd tell my story and what I would want this new business to be. Most of the time, I love that content. It inspires me. It lights me up. But as I read through it to create a platform of my own, it lacked one fundamental thing. How? How are busy moms supposed to make time for self-care? How do you quit your job and pursue your passion when you're in debt or can barely afford an annual vacation? And what was infuriating to me was that the answers to these questions so often tried to flip Maslow's pyramid upside down. Wake up two hours early to work on your passion project or make time for self-care. Sure, that helps esteem and self-actualization, but it cripples the physiological need of sleep, likely from moms who already aren't getting enough sleep. I'd hear women say, I'd love to quit my job and start a business, but I just can't afford it. And the response would be, 
that's a mindset problem. Mindset plays a role, no doubt. You know how much power there is in money mindset, how much I love working through our mental blocks. There are plenty of mamas out there that can't let themselves get past step two. They build security on top of security and they never feel safe. But there are also realities that we need healthcare, that our kids need food and soccer cleats, that we have to pay our debts. And jumping off a cliff without a parachute to pursue self-actualization or self-esteem could be the worst thing for our mental and physical health if it erodes our foundation. This is my story. This is why Smart Money Mamas. I was able to leave my job because I had the financial resources to maintain security while I took risks elsewhere. My foundation was sound. That doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean I was never scared. It doesn't mean I always felt safe. But I intellectually knew I was safe. And that's a powerful thing. Why, Smart Money Mamas? Because I want you to have a life that's more than fine. I want you to pursue the things you most love. Live a life that speaks to you, even if it runs against the current of what everyone else thinks you should do. And I want to help give you the security and safety you need to ask for more. I want to teach you how. The bottom of Maslow's pyramid, physiological and safety needs, in our society today, those are money needs. There is a reason that money makes us happier up to about $70,000 a year. It's because that's what we need to keep food in our bellies, to build our emergency funds, afford decent healthcare and childcare, and have the bandwidth to spend some time with family and friends. Once you have that, you have options. You can reach. You can start to pursue more, whatever that means for you. Today, I turned 30. I'm ridiculously young by almost all standards. But I can tell you that I can't wait to spend the next decade of my life helping moms connect with what they really want, what success and fulfillment looks like for them, and giving them the tools to prioritize their money and time to make it possible. I've got some celebrating to do with my boys, but we started with a quote, so we'll end with one too. A few weeks ago, I heard Glennon Doyle on Brené Brown's podcast talking about her new book, Untamed. She described how we've painted a picture of the perfect mother as the mother who sacrifices for her children and her family, who puts everyone else first. And then Glennon says, what if good motherhood isn't about being a good martyr, but being a good model? What if our children will only allow themselves to live as fully as we do? Mama, you deserve the world. You deserve a life that lights you up even when days are hard. Your kid deserves a mom that inspires them to forge their own path and be true to themselves. You've got this. Thank you for joining me on my birthday and listening to my story and the story of Smart Money Mamas. If you want to send me a little present, share this episode with a friend or send me an email at chelsea at smartmoneymamas.com telling me what you would do if you could do anything. I want to hear your wildest dreams and I want to help you make it happen. Keep talking money, mama. I'll see you next time.